Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. Uh, Jim Caldwell has meant a uh, great deal to me uh, in my career. Uh, I felt like once he got to Indianapolis and became my quarterback's coach, uh, that my game um, really improved. I felt like it, it took a step uh, up, and uh, I thought Jim had a great deal to do with that. He and I had a set routine that uh, we tried to perform every day in the meeting room, on the practice field with different drills, and uh, I just felt from 2003, uh, you know, really to uh, 2008, when he was quarterback's coach, uh, I was playing at a high level, and uh, so uh, I, was, I was glad to call the Lions on his behalf, and share that with him and uh, share my thoughts of what he might be able to do uh, to help their organization. And uh, I was really happy for him that he got that job. It's Peyton Manning talking about Jim Caldwell, who interviewed for the Texans coaching job yesterday. And not sure what to make of it, but but it is the, the first interview that we know of that the Texans have conducted uh, to fill such a position. Fired after a 9-7 and seven season, uh, Jim Caldwell was actually – Three winning seasons in Detroit. Should have won a playoff game his first year. Uh, they lost to the Cowboys, but there was a phantom pass interference call that if that flag doesn't get picked up, a flag that rarely uh, gets picked up, then Detroit likely scores and Dallas is unable to uh, win that game. So mm-hmm. a, a pretty good resume. And he actually got fired in Indianapolis after the 2-14 and 14 season uh, in which Peyton Manning was hurt and they ended up getting Andrew Luck. I, I wonder how things would have been had he been Andrew Luck's first coach uh, instead of Chuck Pagano uh, slash Bruce Arians, although Arians was there one year when uh, Pagano was going through uh, chemo. Landry Locker, John Lopez, uh, Jacob in for Figgy Fig here on Sports Radio 610. Uh, not many people have anything bad to say uh, about Jim Caldwell. I talked to James E. Hedebo, who, who played for him. I talked to some uh, someone who coached under him you won't hear anyone say a bad word about Jim Caldwell. Nope. Nope. Not at all. I think this is one of the more intriguing developments in this search. Um, Jim Caldwell has a, a reputation that is undeserved. You know, he's, he's got, you talk about how Jack Easterby has that Bill O'Brien stink on him. Uh, Bill, uh, Jim Caldwell has that Detroit Lions stink on him and then, and it's unfair. Um, I, I, I've actually, I actually know, um, well, I don't know how many I know, but I talk, I spoke with three this morning because I wanted to be really – I had heard people mentioning uh, Jim Caldwell. I wanted to be really clear about 
uh, you know, what this guy could bring. And on my drive in uh, from beautiful Walden on Lake Houston uh, today, I, I made some calls and I'm telling you, I was blown away by the, not just about what the things they said about him, but that they all said the same things, variations of the same theme. And I'm not going to bury the lead. The, the, the one that meant the most to me was all three said Jim Caldwell is, is going to be great, would be great for Deshaun Watson. And that's the whole, that's all I need to hear, right? I mean, this is all, if, if we're going to sit here and say, it's the, as John McClain said, and you, and I, you and I don't agree with this, it's, it's the best job available because of Deshaun Watson. If we're going to sit here and say, you know, Deshaun, as long as you have Deshaun Watson, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. If you just get a little better elsewhere and get some real uh, coaching and a real general manager in there. It's all about Deshaun, 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 and we all agree on that because he's that good. Well, then that's pretty much all you need to hear because you heard Peyton Manning saying, Peyton Manning, mind you, whose dad was an NFL legend and, was, and he was a legend coming out of high school and college, and him saying, man, when I, when I got with Jim Caldwell in Indianapolis, my game really stepped up. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, that, that's huge. The other, thing, the other things that I was told that are also good check marks is Jim Caldwell is one of the most transparent, great communicators in football. A lot of guys say it, just like they use that word culture, right? They, they say the word, but do you live it? And do you, do you show it to your players? To, to people on the on the staff, to everyone from, you know, the volunteer uh, intern or whatever in the coaching, in the, in the football department, to the offensive coordinator, they all say, you know where you stand with him uh, and, and, and you always are going to be able to have an audience with him. And then the third thing is what I just mentioned, that culture word, right? It, it's tossed around a lot of times just casually and it, without meaning, with him, it means something, you know, that, 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 that you know, he's kind of a, a, a yeah, quiet-ish guy, reserved, but he makes it very clear about, you know, the culture is going to be and how it's going to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an intriguing, it's an intriguing name. I, I think more so as like a associate head coach type guy. I, I think that would be. Uh, ideal for me. I don't know if Jim Caldwell is going to get a head coaching job, but I would rather have him in the building than Romeo Cornell. Mm -hmm. That's been my proposal with the whole thing uh, with Jim Caldwell. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question that it could be. Um, And I don't mind your point. I I think it's a solid point, but I think he's got enough pelts on the wall. He's got enough support from very important people uh, in football that he's he's going to be a head coach. You know, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. I don't know about this consultant thing. What are some other names that could be out there that we're not bringing up? McLean brought up Mike Tomlin as a possibility. To me, that seems like a hell of a long shot. Mike Tomlin, things falling apart, and Mike Tomlin being available. Yeah, look, Mike Tomlin... Uh, I don't think this is. I, I mean, that that's pie in the sky. I mean, that that's absolute pie in the sky. Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're they're a double digit win team. He's a legend in Pittsburgh. He's got nothing to worry about. The only way Mike Tomlin uh, gets out of Pittsburgh if he's involved in the decision, right? I mean, if he's if he's seen the end of, and we are seeing the end of of Ben Roethlisberger, and he wants a new challenge, and he sees some potential opportunities out there, uh, that that's the only way that that would happen by any stretch. 
if that happened, that's a no-brainer. I mean, you, you don't even need to interview anybody. You bring in Mike Tomlin. Of course. Of course. Absolutely you do. Um, and, and some other long-shot candidates are out there. One thing that John said that I found really, really interesting is, is not just you know mentioning Tomlin by name, but, you know, he's right. You don't know who's going to be made available. I mean, you can talk about you can talk about some of the, you know, the biggest names out there that might be in that same boat and might be ready to move on uh, from, from that job to another job. I mean, or, or guys on the street. Um, there are some real good candidates out there. I also feel like if someone like Caldwell or, or someone else that they might bring in off the street – um, if, if they if they blow Cal McNair away, then maybe it's a wrap. Maybe maybe it's a done deal, and he will be the guy. That would be the biggest mistake the Steelers can make, because because to me that would mean that Mike Tomlin is basically just a victim of his own success. Because I don't think Pittsburgh was eleven and zero good. I think he coached his ass off. So I, yeah. I, I think it. it we've seen it before. I mean, I mean, you've seen Andy Reid get fired in Philadelphia. You've seen. You know, Ron Rivera, who went to a Super Bowl in Carolina, uh, get fired. But it, if the if the Steelers decided to move on from Mike Tomlin, to me, that would be one of the biggest mistakes that that has been made in a long time. And oh, by the way, uh, for for a guy like Tomlin, um, the Texans would be a more attractive job. I feel uh, just because I think he's you know he wants to win now. Um, you know, he would be in win now mode, and he knows what he would have in and Deshaun Watson, and and I know they're up against it on the cap and the, and the draft picks and all that, but I feel like Tomlin just changing the way things are done here and his attractiveness as a head coach, as a, as a destination coach, if there is such a term, you know, players on the street that might have options with Deshaun Watson and Mike Tomlin, I feel like the Texans' job would become uh, more available. And let's just be very clear here. This is not a possibility. It was just kind of thrown out there uh, by, by John McClain as a possibility if, you know, if someone like him uh, becomes available, they get tired of, of their current situation. And, and it would make sense with Tomlin because of Roethlisberger seeing the end of the road. I think he'd be able to pick his destination. Yeah. I think another guy that we need to look out for that we don't bring up is Byron Leftwich in Tampa Bay. And I understand that Byron Leftwich isn't, you know, he's not in Kansas City you know, working under Andy Reid and working with Patrick Mahomes so his name doesn't come up. But I think Byron Leftwich is eventually going to be a head coach. And quite honestly, I, I know that we look at Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time, and we should. Tom Brady's – is Tom Brady even a top 15 quarterback in the NFL right now? Like, like it's not like he has – I mean, they have weapons, but it's not like he has a ton to work with uh, with Brady. I, I, think, I think Byron Leftwich could end up being – a very good head coach, and he's a guy who's spent some time uh, with Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bruce Arians thinks the world of him. So, you know, he's gotten to pick the brain of, you know, I think one of the best examples of leader of men in Tomlin, and I think that he, uh, I think that he's gotten to, uh, you know, pick the brain of the, quote, quarterback whisper in, in Bruce Arians. So, I know that you don't look at that offense as like just a well-oiled machine like you do what's going on in Kansas City, but I think as far as a, a guy under the radar that we're not really talking about, I think Byron Leftwich uh, sh- should be a guy that should get some sort of consideration or, or you should at least talk to him. No, I I, I think that's fair. I've, I've seen a couple of places where Leftwich has been mentioned. Now, I I other than having covered him as a player, you know, I don't know a lot about him 
you know, in terms of uh, the, the, the coaching, uh, you know, talent that he has and some of the things that people are saying. But, I mean, just from what, what I do know, I mean, why not, right? And, and just think about all the – just think about all the assistant coaches you would get with someone with the pedigree of a Mike Tomlin. I mean, you're talking about top to bottom, the organization would be stronger. Landry Locker, John Lopez, Jacob in for Figgy Fig on Sports Radio 610. We always called Deshaun Watson this. But is it something that we talk about too much? Next. Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. Deshaun Watson. Uh, what is the biggest pitch when it comes to Deshaun Watson, John? If I just put you on the spot and I said, this is what people say about Deshaun Watson, what what would it be? Michael Jordan, championship ready. Uh, he just needs help. I mean, that, that, that there's nothing more you can say. Winner uh, was yeah. what I was gonna. Yeah, what, what, was what I was going at. The, the the Sean Watson is a winner is what we hear, and that always seems to be the the sales pitch. And I think the Sean Watson is a winner. I mean, the the record speaks for itself. But do you know what Deshaun Watson's win loss record is in the NFL? Probably not as a as starter. Good. Probably not as good as uh, I might think off the top of my head. What is it? Twenty eight and twenty three. Yeah, I mean, is the record for Deshaun Watson? That's not ideal. It's hard to blame him. I mean, I know because he's one. No, the- he's not. He's he's definitely part of the solution. He's not the problem, but. 28 and 23 is the Texans record. When Deshaun Watson is under center to start a game, the Texans are 28 and 23. Yeah. I think that speaks more to you know what they need than what he's done. You know. 29 and 25 if you count playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's clear, you know, how many games can can we point to immediately and say, well, Deshaun won that one. Deshaun won that one too. And then he won that one too. But there are a lot of games where Deshaun played his ass off most recently Sunday and they somehow still lost you know it's just crazy it's just absolutely crazy I mean and and when you look at Deshaun's and when you look at Deshaun's last five weeks by the way uh, Pro Bowl quarterback Deshaun Watson when you look at his last five six weeks his numbers are just ridiculous so it it just goes to show you that you know, yeah, the record is not there. I, I think it's more of a compliment to him than than anything. But that's why when we have John McClain on, and he came in hot today, we're we're going to revisit our visit with John McClain at twelve forty. When you say this job is more appealing than Jacksonville, where they have all the resources and really they have some young pieces in play to build a complete roster. I don't know how you can say having Deshaun Watson is more of a recipe for success or more of a recipe to bringing in potential head coaches and GMs compared to Jacksonville and compared to everything else. Because just look at at Tennessee. Just look at the Tennessee Titans and just look at the Colts. Look at the two teams that have gone further in the playoffs the last three years than the Texans. Yeah. Yeah. They have complete rosters. Neither one of them have a franchise quarterback. And we can sit here and we can say, well, you know, as long as you have the franchise quarterback, you can you can get the job done. You can do anything. Okay, well, the Tennessee Titans' 
basically put together a roster uh, with assets, with draft picks. They, they, they drafted uh, A.J. Brown. Uh, they drafted Jonu Smith. They drafted Derrick Henry in the first round. Uh, they, they put together an offensive line. Uh, they had a serviceable defense. And then all they needed to do was bring in Ryan Tannehill, uh, who you know was on the decline, sure. according to many, in Miami. And all of a sudden, you're talking about a team that's uh, in the AFC Championship, and the Texans are looking up at them uh, in the standings, and they were looking up at them last year when the AFC Championship was going on. The Tennessee Titans, not the Texans, made the championship. The Indianapolis Colts, and I don't know how good the Colts are right now because they probably could use you know, they're probably a couple years away from being really, really good, but they've put together a total roster and a guy who the Chargers moved on from, they bring in Phillip Rivers and they're already better. So I don't see how we can, it just, it seems like when we, when we're talking about Deshaun Watson, we're talking about winner. I don't disagree, but you need a complete roster to be able to get to where those other teams are like what separates the Kansas city chiefs from the Houston Texans. It's not Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, although Patrick Mahomes is the better, better quarterback. I think we would all agree with that. It's their roster. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it, it's, it's their entire roster. It's the fact that they've built a defense. It's the fact that they have all these pieces around them. And the fact that the Texans don't have salary cap space, the fact that the Texans, key pieces are a little bit older. The fact that they don't have the, the draft equity, it, it, it makes it impossible for me to sit here and say, as someone who wants to be as objective as possible and wants to, wants to lay this out for the loopholes and for the listeners as, as clear as day, to sit here and say, this is more appealing than other situations where they have more complete rosters just because of Deshaun Watson. To me, that, to me, that, that that's hard. That that's hard for me to say with a straight face. No, look, you 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 can say it, and you can believe it as John McClain does. You know, because Deshaun Watson, you know, who's a proven commodity, as John said, you know, it becomes uh, the most attractive uh, job. But you can, you can't ignore the other huge factors. Yeah, Deshaun Watson is a, a proven commodity. As I mentioned, he is championship ready, but. Is he going to be championship ready? You know, him being championship ready, is that more important? Is that going to override the fact that you don't have any money to spend? You don't have any draft picks? And you got guys on horrible contracts? We didn't even mention that with McLean. I mean, you got guys that are just eating up money that are that are negatives. They're net negatives to, to your performance on the field. So, I mean, just look. Yeah. Go, go ahead, John. You, you, you got to take that into account, too. Yeah, if, if it's just quarterback situation – if I'm determining the best job available by quarterback situation, it's the Texans by a mile, by a hundred miles. You know, but you that's not how you do it. Yes, Trevor Lawrence is the is the closest thing to a a, a sure thing that we've seen since Andrew Luck. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean he will be a sure thing. But I would I, rather I just, have that with draft picks, multiple draft picks. We mentioned yesterday four picks in the top forty seven, eleven picks overall this year. And salary, the most salary cap in the NFL, and a young roster that is on already on on rookie contracts compared to your roster, which is eating up money. I think the most important thing in sports is the quarterback position. I think it's the most important and important thing. But I think even important things can be overvalued 
and you can kind of blind yourself into re and 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 you can blind yourself from reality like health is important in life right like health is extremely important Mm -hmm. but there are hypochondriacs like there are people who take it a little too far and they and and they overthink it the quarterback position is important but it's not so important that when everything else on the roster is a disaster it means that you have the edge over teams like jacksonville teams like the colts and teams like the Titans and teams like Los Angeles. Like you, you have to look at the entire roster. Like when the Colts, when, when the other teams in this division, if you just look at the off season, let's say, let's say the Super Bowl's over and these teams are looking at the off season. The Colts can look at themselves and they can say, all right, Jonathan Taylor, he's going to start for us. He's on his rookie deal. That's good. Michael Pittman, rookie deal. Good. Justin Blackman's still on his rookie deal. Good. Darius Leonard, uh, we might look into figuring something out with him, but he's on his rookie deal. That's good. Uh, the Titans can say the same with uh, A.J. Brown. Jags have an array of guys on rookie deals. I mean, their their arrow is pointing up when it comes to skill position, guys. Yeah. Texans can't do that with literally anyone. No. So if you're going to improve your roster, you're either going to draft guys or you're going to sign guys. And when you sign guys, it's a little bit more expensive. You have to you have to consider whether you're going to pay Brandon Cooks $12 million. You have to consider what free agent you're going to bring in. Are you going to have to overpay Randall Cobb for $10 million? Other teams aren't having to make those decisions. And when you're investing money and you don't have guys on their rookie deals – it makes Deshaun Watson have to do even more. And, and even though it is the most important position, and even though I love riding and dying with Deshaun Watson, it, it, the, the, the other holes and the other voids that he has to fill, it, it, make, it, it make it almost impossible to say that a GM or a coach can look at this and say, this is my best chance to win. This is my best chance to build a team. Right. I mean that, that you laid it out there just perfectly. Um, if I, you know, if I'm talking about a, a quarterback to build around, just in the NFL, you know, forget uh, of the forget the available jobs. I mean, is Deshaun Watson worse than fourth on that list? Maybe even higher. I mean, if you can say, you know what, you can replace any coach in the NFL. You can just tell him, move on, buddy. I'm taking over. Obviously, there might be, you know, obviously it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and, and then beyond that, you know, Herbert, okay, one year. I mean, he's in the mix. You know, uh, obviously, uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, but but it's not a long list. And so if it's just about the quarterback and you can take over, sure. But it's not just about the quarterback. It's not. It's important. But sometimes we we overrate the importance because they're – are a lot of holes that you got to fill uh, on a roster, and the Texans have a hell of a lot more uh, compared to everyone else. Landry Locker, John Lopez, Jacob in for Figgy Fig on Sports Radio 610. John McClain came in hot today. My gosh, he came in hot. We're going to revisit the Angry General next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. Jacksonville is a prime destination in the NFL. Uh, I I believe it. J-Lo believes it. Not everyone does believe that, John. I, I don't know what more an organization would need to be appealing. Young talent, check. Franchise quarterback, most likely, check. Draft picks, check. Cap space, check. <laughs> 
I, I get what Jacksonville's been the last 15, 20 years, but in this situation with, with what they have and the assets they have, I don't know why it's relevant, and I don't get why it's relevant that the Texans have won division titles in recent years, uh, which was the pitch that uh, our guy John McClain was laying out this morning at 1040 when he joined us for his weekly visits. Absolutely. First of all, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays Back to at you, you guys and your listeners. Uh, absolutely not. Jacksonville's been a disastrous franchise for a long time. Getting Trevor Lawrence, who's unproven, a great prospect, best since Andrew Luck in 2012. Uh, Andrew was the best since John Elway in 1983. People go, well, what about 1998 with Peyton Manning? Hell, half the NFL thought Ryan Leaf was a better prospect than Peyton Manning. So, no, I don't think an untested quarterback is a more attractive opening for a franchise that's been awful for decades except for one season over a guy, say, like Deshaun Watson, who's proven, or or even uh, Justin Herbert, who's had a great rookie year. Oh, wow. So you don't that, think you don't think Lawrence fits in that category of Andrew Luck? Yes, absolutely, he does. I just said that he's the best since Andrew Luck. Yeah, but Andrew but, Luck was the best since nineteen eighty three. No, okay, so maybe I maybe I misunderstood. I apologize. I, I thought you were saying because you said he was unproven that uh, it might not be that big a deal that uh, Jacksonville uh, is is in that is in that hole right now. No, it's a it's a huge deal. But the question was, do I think that's the best opening? And I said no. I think an untested quarterback like him, you don't know if they're going to get the right coach. You don't know if they're going to get the right coordinator. But having a, the unknown is scary, no matter who it is. And taking a quarterback like Watson, who you've watched for three and a half years, or Justin Herbert, who you've watched for one year, assuming that job comes open, to me, uh, those are better jobs. Even with the think, draft equity and the, and the salary cap space? For this season, yeah. I mean, they signed five-year contracts. They're not all about one year. They're looking, general managers and coaches are looking at the long, the long term. And like, wouldn't that be Jacksonville ask, then? If, if you're talking what? long term, wouldn't that be Jacksonville then? Well, obviously, you guys think Jacksonville, and I don't. So no. But, but you just said that you were thinking of Trevor Lawrence. But but well, what? I think they got some young talent there too. I, I think they got. They I mean, they got some. They got a running skill. back. They got receivers. They got a pretty good offensive line. They need a lot of work on defense. But yeah, it's a very attractive job. But your question was, do I think it's the most attractive? Gotcha. And I said gotcha. no. Okay. It's one of. It's certainly attractive. If I were an offensive coach, I'd want to go there uh, to work with Trevor Lawrence. But you've got to look at the ownership. You got to look at the tradition, the general manager. There's a lot to look at uh, with Jacksonville. Another thing they have to keep in mind: Are they going to end up in London? Right. You know, they, everybody thinks that's a possibility. And the thing going over to Justin Herbert in case Anthony Lynn gets fired. Problem with LA: You're not going to play before a lot of fans. You're always nobody cares about you in LA. They only care about the Rams. So you're always going to be number two there. And uh, but that's still they got some talent on defense. And Justin Herbert has looked great. In fact, I don't even know who's coaching Justin Herbert. But if I'm a new coach out there, assuming Anthony Lynn gets fired, I'd seriously think about keeping him. Uh, I want to go back to what you said about what you would look into. Um, you said ownership. What 
is appealing about the Texans' ownership? And I'm not saying whether anything's bad. I'm just saying it, it seems like a somewhat of an uncertain thing with Cal being somewhat new to this. You talked about looking at ownership if you're looking at taking on a job. Why would why would a, a GM or a coach? Again, I don't have a take on this, but I, I'm just I'm just asking you why what what about the Texans' ownership compared to other organizations would give them a check in the positive compared to other organizations. First of all, let's talk about how much money they spend. They spent more money on payroll than anything in the league. General managers and coaches like that. Coaches like that they've been incredibly patient with their head coaches. Not many. I'm not talking about guys who are still hired, but of all those teams that have changed head coaches, say in the last three years, most of them. Uh, don't have the patience that the McNairs have had. And also the McNairs stay out of the decisions. They don't make them make decisions. If they were going to, if Cal McNair was going to tell him what to do, he would have said, don't trade DeAndre Hopkins, but he hires people. They make the decisions. They run them by him. Coaches and general managers like that too. And the fact is under the McNairs, they have won Let's see, six division titles. Oh, and, no, don't do this. And, don't do this. Uh, please. What, please don't, don't do like this. Please don't titles? do this. You don't no. like division titles? I think there's a gray you area don't? to division titles. I think there's a gray area to division I, titles. Wouldn't a division that, title look pretty good right now? No. Wouldn't you like to see the t- <laughs> it wouldn't? No. Wow. So, like, you like losers, not draft choices? Well, I mean, I I just don't. I, I'm tired of hearing about division titles as like something to hang the hat on. I think there's, I think there was a, I I think the division titles are, there's there's a gray area to them. But no, I would I would rather be where the Texans are right now than just spinning on a mediocre hamster wheel with division titles as as the ceiling. Yes. Well, first of all, mediocre is not a division title. Mediocre is eight and eight. So you think you, you think the NFC you think the NFC East isn't isn't mediocre right now? Oh no, it's not mediocre. It's terrible. But that's <laughs> See, that's unprecedented. That's my point. That's well, the Texans were ten and six and eleven and five. They're not leading the division with the six wins. Yeah, no, the last two, the last two, I'm with you. The last you try to get beyond the second round, and if you doesn't work, you try to get another coach to do it but i don't think there's anything attractive about gonna finish probably five and eleven compared to ten and six so you really think you really think that part of the sales pitch for this texans job is we won division titles like we're, we're going course. back to the bob pitch absolutely you won division titles with gary kubiak you want them with bill o'brien our goals to win them again and then win a super bowl and we think we can do it with deshaun watson well, that, our goal is not to be five and eleven. Well, that that feeds right into what I was wanting to talk to you about. You John. want a better coach and a general manager who's going to help you win the division title and then win that second round playoff for the first time and get to a championship game for the first time in this city since nineteen seventy nine and host one in this city for the first time since nineteen sixty one. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. No, I'm sorry, sixty two. Uh, I agree with that, and and that's why uh, I've all, often said, you know, there's a place for division titles. They are important, but absolutely but, they're important. But when you hang your hat on them, uh, nobody's hanging a hat on the division title. People try to win the Super Bowl. Nobody's satisfied with winning the division title. By the way, I'm sorry. My condolences. 
on the Aggies. We'll get to that. Yeah. We will get to that. No, <laughs> First no time I've it. ever felt sorry for the Aggies. Come on now. You love Aggies. You just don't want to admit it. Hey, but that feeds right into what I was going to want to talk to you about. The Texans playing close games with the Indianapolis Colts and, and close games in general. Uh, if you want to go back to the Titans game and all that. How much should you read into that? How much should people really read into that, especially as it, as it pertains to the next general manager and head coach? Well, one thing, uh, I wrote about this today because I've been checking around on it, about how much the players respect Watson and how they don't want to let Watson down and how bad they feel when they do. Because Watson is a leader behind the scenes. He's a leader on the field and and I think the fact that they have lost so many players that they can they now the Bears game was the worst of the season. Yeah. yeah. Kiki QT and Chad Hansen and those guys, and they're still coming close to winning. It's not that they're that you know, there's still loss is a loss, but when you're missing like seven starters on defense and you're missing a lot uh, receivers on offense and you have the worst second worst running game in franchise history that is 1.4 yards a game from being the worst in franchise history and as I'm writing about tomorrow your defense is shattering the team record for fewest turnovers and they still play close because of Watson in the passing game I think that's very attractive for a head coach and GM. NFL Hall of Famer John McClain with us here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610. So you 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 would take the Texans gig over the Jags. No, no hesitation. Absolutely. No hesitation at all. Mm, man. Of course, the Jags what you got, they like Landry. They don't have division titles. Well, I don't I don't hate division titles and they do have one. Uh, and they actually went to an AFC Championship which the Texans they did. Have never done when they won. And it. they almost won that game in the fourth quarter at Gillette Stadium. I, I just I, I just don't I, I'm not saying I mean obviously you want to win the division it's just the first of two course, divisions that Bill O'Brien right. won they, they the Texans had the most talent in the division I would say and then the last two two teams went further in the playoffs than you that's all I'm saying I, I just don't know how given the fact that even the talent that you had on those division titles has just been stripped and depleted even hanging your hat on those to me just doesn't make a lot of sense. DeAndre Hopkins was a part of every single one of those. Well, like, like when like when Bill O'Brien, head. you know, when Bill O'Brien went, I think it was with Aaron Wilson. Uh, doesn't matter, you know, division champs. That and was all Brian that. Smith. It was Brian Brian T. Smith, and and you know, always referencing. Well, we won the division, etc. And 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 as I mentioned, I, I don't diminish the importance of getting to the the the, the doorstep of where you want to go, but when you say Hey, we, we want a division. That means we're really, really good. No, it means you were good enough in your division to get to the playoffs and then get slapped around while other division teams uh, went past you, went further than you. That's why I'm saying, like, if you, that's why I use the term hanging your hat. You can't say division titles are the be all. I don't know why it matters. I don't, I don't know why it matters. Said our goal is to win the Super Bowl. He never said, uh, we're satisfied with this. I don't know anybody in the Texans organization. Then I know a lot of them who was ever satisfied with just winning a division title. And it wasn't devastated when they got blown out after choking that 24 point lead or losing all those other games on the road. They were devastated. They were not satisfied. Now they've got to hire a head coach and a general manager who can try to win the division, who can try to get back in a the situation they were in and hopefully will help them get over that hump. 
That's the goal. Firing McLean. I mean, he's making his case for the Texans. I, I just don't think it's a very strong case, uh, the division titles, uh, J-Lo. I, and I don't think what Jacksonville was the last 20 years with a relatively new owner, and let's be honest, we can say that you know Cal McNair and, and Bob have, have spent money. I mean, they did bring in Nick Foles. It, it was a disaster, but they did bring in Nick Foles. I just don't know how you can look at what they got going there in Jacksonville and and just completely dismiss it and say that this job's appealing. I, I don't see I don't see any way in heck that it's even close. I agree. And that's not to say and, and and that's about obviously there's uncertainty there, but as far as hope and as far as what I would value if I were going to be a general manager or a coach, I, I don't even see how it's close. I agree. Uh, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and, and he stated his case there, and it's a strong case. I mean, I would put uh, the, the Texans' job right behind the Jaguars, obviously, because of what he said, because of Deshaun Watson. But let's, And, and but, I mean, look, Deshaun can carry you very far. Uh, it's it, it's not to say – I mean, coaches, coaches can out – Contrary to what we what we believe here, coaches can or, or what we've been used to, coaches can get the most out of their players. And Deshaun Watson is is a key piece, but there's just a lot of stuff to make up for uh, when it comes to young talent. When you trade two firsts and a second for a Pro Bowl left tackle, I don't care how good that left tackle is, that is going to hurt you. Yeah, that is going to hurt you. Bad moving forward. Well, bad. And, and and even if we erased all the other things, uh, the the advantage that Jacksonville has in salary cap, the advantage they have in draft picks, the advantage they have in young players on rookie contracts, even if we eliminated all that, if an if another if a a coaching candidate looks at Deshaun Watson and says, "Man, that guy is ready to win," and then looks at Trevor Lawrence and says, "That guy can be one of the greats." You, you would tend to side with Deshaun Watson, right? Ready to win, but projection of, of a, a guy that can be great. But then you look at their contracts, all right? Let's eliminate everything else. Look at what you have in Deshaun Watson, his contract, and what the contract would be for a guy that you think could become great. That might tip the scales, too. I mean, just the fact that you're not only getting Trevor Lawrence, you're getting Trevor Lawrence for five years, you know, Wait, and, you and that, that's huge. Here? You, you want some numbers? Let, let me just give you some numbers when it comes to – because, look, when, when you talk about salaries in the NFL, it's not, oh, this guy doesn't deserve that money. Athletes deserve to be Every paid very well. They, they deserve to be paid well. It's about the puzzle because when you, when you give this guy X amount of dollars, it prevents you from giving someone at another position – this amount of dollars. So when we get mad that David Johnson's making $10 million, it's not like it's baseball where there's no salary cap. It, 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 it means that David Johnson making $10 million and Duke Johnson making $6 million means you're dedicating $16 million to a running back position and getting nothing out of it. And because of that, you can't sign corners. You can't sign defensive linemen. You can't sign other guys that make right. the team better. Right. And that's why we see what we see. So that, 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 that the puzzle is why the money matters. I, I want to make that very clear. Listen to these numbers right here when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the talent that they have at skill position, the, the guys that Trevor Lawrence will be playing with. Because I, I think you could make a case that uh, 
they have the second most intriguing skill position guys outside the quarterback in the division behind the Tennessee Titans. If you, if you talk about uh, James Robinson, the running back, the undrafted running back who's having a hell of a year, DJ Chark, who's been nicked up, Colin Johnson out of Texas, the fifth-round pick, and then uh, Chenault out of Colorado. I, I think if you just look at those guys, you say, damn, that's, that's some pretty good talent. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. All right. This is going to blow your mind, and I think this is going to put in perspective the puzzle that a potential GM or coach will have to work with when he goes to Jacksonville uh, compared to here in Houston. All right, Jacksonville has four of the top 46 picks, so they can they can add some more rookies uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Those guys that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. their top three receivers and their running back, Robinson, Chart, Johnson, and Chenault, you know how much of a cap hit those four guys combined for next season? What is it? $4,802,588. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. $4,802,588. Randall Cobb has a $10.6 million cap hit next year by himself. Mm-hmm. That's more than twice as much as those four guys count against the cap. And you know what you get to do with that extra money? You get to spend it somewhere else. Exactly. You can improve your defense. You can improve your offensive line. You can improve your edge rushing. And they already have young guys. 4.8 mil for those four guys. And Randall Cobb is 10.6. Brandon Cooks is set to make 12 million next year. Non-guaranteed. Think about that for, for, for man, a second. Man. Would you trade all of the Texan skill position players for Jacksonville's right now? Even, even with, 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 with not even factoring in Well, money. just go those players. David Johnson yeah, with, for, for James Robinson, you know, without and, and, even factoring in money, would you yeah, make that trade? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Now let's factor in money and let's take into account that David Johnson made eleven million dollars this year. Duke Johnson made six, so both of those guys made more than all those guys combined. Brandon, every single skill position player from Fuller to Cooks to Johnson to the other Johnson uh, to Cobb made more money than those four guys combined, and that will be the case next year as well. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Yeah, and then you have, as I mentioned, you know, the, the quarterback that you're getting. You know, I mean, think about what Andrew Luck was projected to be. That's what Trevor Lawrence is projected to be. Think about what Andrew Luck became. Well, I mean, that's a good chance that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be that, and you're going to have him for five years on a rookie contract. Four, maybe, but uh, maybe five. Crazy. It's crazy. It's John McClain's uh, weekly visit here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610. Coming up, let's go around the NFL. Uh, Let's play contender and pretender. A lot of people are counting the Steelers out. Are they jumping the gun on that? Around the league next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.